live wrong. You can't live wrong and pray right. You can't live wrong and pray right. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that our eyes are open, Father God, to the greater possibilities, Father God, of gaining greater insight, Father God, and how we should act and how we are to give forth. So, Father, we praise you. Just give you thanks, Lord, that we have hungry hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll start off with a little story. A uh, little boy was sick on uh, Palm Sunday and stayed home from church with his mom. His father returned from church holding a palm branch. You know, a lot of people used to have get palm branches. The little boy was curious and asked, Why do you have a palm branch, Daddy? The dad replied, You see, when Jesus came into our town, everyone waved palm branches in to honor him, so we got palm branches today. The little boy said, Ah, oh, shucks, the one Sunday I miss, Jesus shows up. Okay, so, so some of you show <laughs> Okay. Uh, for centuries, the church has memorialized today, the first day of or Palm Sunday, as, as the first day of the Holy Week when Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem. This day marked a time of celebration when Jesus was worshipped and praised, going to the streets. Amen. The, crowd, the crowds were full of excitement, lined the road, cheering and waving palm branches. Glory to God. Rejoicing and praising God for the wonderful miracles he had done. Placing fresh green palm branches and clothing on the road as a carpet of endearment as Jesus came into the city riding on a donkey. You remember last week we talked uh, last week last year. You remember we anybody remember that that uh, sermon, the donkey sermon? Well, you'll have to get your notes out. Okay, um, Jesus was coming in. He was Israelis or the Israelis' long-awaited Messiah, and they're rejoicing. A Messiah who would march into the city with hard business with Rome. They wanted to be free of Gentile oppression, even if by force or even if by threats and plagues, as they recount recounted so well in their history. Anybody remember the, the threats of plagues? Okay. They wanted another exodus that would expel the Romans. Okay, think about it. So let's now turn with the book to me with me to the book of Luke. That's the book of uh, book of Luke chapter 19.
begin with verse, uh, oh, let's see. Let's start with verse 33. And as they were loosening the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to, to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereupon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. So they were rejoicing because of this. Verse 38, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Wow, glory to God. Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. They are rejoicing. He's the Messiah. Great things are going to take place in Israel now. We've got a Messiah that's going to straighten us up or it's going to put us on, uh, up on the, online, okay? Now let's turn to Matthew chapter 21. In Matthew chapter 21, we'll see another instance here. Or the same instance, but, but another. Matthew chapter 29. Oh, let's start with verse 5. Tell you the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt of a fold of an ass. The king cometh. You catch that? And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the ass and the colt and put uh, their, them their clothes and they, and they set him up thereupon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strew them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed be he. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And as he went, as, and when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. Hosanna! Glory to God. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to highest. Anybody what, know what Hosanna means? Save now. Save now. Amen. So save now, son of David. Messiah, save now. Hosanna exemplifies man's transition from pleading with God for action to thanking him for the action that's going to be taken. Amen. Save now. Messiah, save now. Wow. Wow. There was great excitement and anticipation as to Israel's new success. Wow. Think about it. They wanted a king. 
a king like David to make Israel great and become a leading world power once again. That's what they wanted. They also wanted great things from Jesus. Palm Sunday became bittersweet. For in a few days on Friday, the crowds that shouted shouts of praise would be exchanged for shouts of crucify him, crucify him. Let's go to Luke, the book of, book of Luke, chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Uh, let's go to... Let's go to verse 13. Start with verse 13. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I have examining him before you, have found no fault in this man touching those things whereof ye accuse him. Nor, no, nor yet Herod, for I have sent him to you, uh, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it is the necessity we, he must release one unto them at the feast. So they had a, at the feast of Passover, they kind of gave a pardon to somebody. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, which is Jesus, and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in that city and a murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake unto them, again spake to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Wow. Think about that. Days earlier, he was the king. Today, he's a, he's a nobody. They want, their new hero was to be Barabbas, the murderous. Okay, what kind of king do you, do you expect? Just as people in Jesus' day knew what, knew what to say, how to say it, and even how to act. People in Jesus' name, day knew what to say, how to say it, and even to act. We have those today. These individuals had no real personal relationship with Jesus. They just had empty words. Uh, return to me to verse, uh, verse, Matthew chapter 27, this time Matthew chapter 27. Looking at verse 17, Matthew 27, beginning with verse 17. Therefore, they, when they were all gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is Christ? 
for he knew that they, for the envy they had delivered him. When he was at, set, down, set down on the judgment seat, his wife said unto him, saying, Have you have nothing to do with this just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Wow. And the governor answered and said unto them, Whether this man twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas! Wow. Pilate said to him, What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ, or the Messiah? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. On Friday, the shouts of Hosanna, please save. Now we're, we want Barabbas. Save him. And crucify Jesus. Why is there a change? Why is there a change when we're uh, put in a position to speak forth? Okay. First, this is the first key of, of a change. The first key is, is a commitment of faith. A commitment of faith. Not self-centered. It, our commitment of faith must be Christ-centered. Okay? Um, there are two reasons that pe uh, for people to, pr uh, to praise, praise the Lord. These people here, we're looking at the Jews at this. We see people who praise God for two reasons. For his miracles, we saw that. They said that they, they liked his miracles. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He supplied them with food. Remember, twice there he had food uh, with uh, fishes and loaves. Second, they saw in Jesus a way to be delivered from the Romans. Remember, Jesus is the king. They wanted a king like David. Their praises were tempered with the attitude, what can Jesus do for me? How many Christians have that? What can Jesus do for me? For them it was I, me, disease, or me, myself, and I only. Okay, so that attitude, we can't have that bad attitude. Second key uh, to... Commitment is that of a relationship that is driven by love, okay? A relationship, commitment, and faith, relationship driven by love. For many in the crowd on Palm Sunday got caught up in the events of the day. Uh, it's a popular thing to do. Uh, for instance, you are in the stadium watching the baseball, basketball or, or football or whatever sport it is. And all of a sudden, somebody makes a touchdown and hits a home run or makes a basket. And what do people do? Oh, let me jump up. And, uh, everybody, I mean, pretty, you know, you could be sitting there. After a while, you get, you get enthralled with the crowd. You start doing exactly what they do. This is what the crowd did. It was a popular thing to do when Jesus came riding into town. Hosanna, save. Please save. You're the king. Now, 
on Friday, they became trendy again. They were doing what the others were doing. What did the, we just read that the, the scribes and the, the scribes, the Pharisees and the chief priest, priests said, tell the crowd to crucify him. And then, the, then they started shouting. One started it. And they all started. Uh, well, I don't know if some of you guys watch westerns or what, you know, in the good old days, you know, and they, 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 they're ready to hang or, or to catch somebody out there that they think is, is a crook or a horse thief or something. And uh, one individual said, let's hang him. Let's hang him. Let's hang And pretty soon everybody starts to chime in with him. Hello? It's not operating in love. Okay. Shouts of crucify him. Crucify him. And let Barabbas go. Barabbas now became their hero. Not, not the Messiah. Not the failed Messiah. Not the failed Messiah. Committed faith only comes through personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We must develop and maintain a personal relationship with Jesus. This means that we need, we should have, I'll put it this way. For some of us, this is a little bit difficult, but it means we need to have a appointed time schedule to communicate with the Lord in prayer, Bible study, reading, and meditation. We should have appointed time. Shouldn't have nothing, you know, can't put just like when you go to school, you got certain, at certain time period, you, you have to go to that class. Well, we need to adopt a time frame where we meet the Lord. He doesn't want you to just casually come in. Usually when we casually come in, oh, uh, I got a problem, I got a problem. We'll go knocking at, at the Lord, uh, at the Lord's door. Hey, I've got a problem. I got a problem. That's the only time we, we meet with him. We have we need to have a set time. Amen. When we focus on things of God, we will grow in trust, faith, and in favor. Okay. Third key. Third key. Committed faith will not be swayed or blocked by personal trials. And crises. If our faith is based on situations and circumstances, it will never be committed. Committed faith takes the good and the bad. And we know that God is always with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. <coughs> so God has placed us exactly where. He wants us to be. So we must fully trust in Him. Well, I'm going through this for some reason. But glory to God, I'll pass the test. Most of us say, get me out of this thing as quick as possible. You know? Okay, if Palm Sunday was great, what went wrong on Friday? What went wrong on Friday? Palm Sunday has been described as a triumphant entry. Matthew chapter 26, going to verse 40, 
but well, we'll, yeah, try and pick. This is what happens on Friday. Uh, Matthew 26, beginning with verse 40, said, And while he had spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve came with him, came with him with a great multitude, with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whoever I shall kiss, the same as he hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. So here, Jesus on Friday finds himself betrayed by one of his own disciples. He's arrested, as you, 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 we will read, or you will read. He's arrested by the high priest guards, accused by a co coalition of religious leaders, tried by the Roman government, and then sentenced to die the death of a common criminal, death by crucifixion. Now, I'm going to give you a slight rabbit trail what's going on. This will give us a full picture. Okay. Uh, Jesus is coming in from the east, east gate or from the east, east side into Jerusalem. And all these people are in awe. You know, they're, they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. You know, praise God for, you know. But according to uh, um, Roman historians, they record that the governor of Judea, Pontius Pilate, led a procession the same day of, Rome, of a Roman legion through the west gate, which is on the opposite side of the city, when Jesus entered on the east side. So here we got Jesus entering, and they're having a, uh, you know, the, the, the palm branches, and people are rejoicing. But on the west side, Conscient Pilate, Pilate's coming in with a legion of soldiers, a cavalry even. Okay. Wow. The parade of the soldiers were the crack Roman soldiers, the, the top elite Roman soldiers. They, were, they came in perfect cadence and displayed a military strength and weapons of war. And like I said, I mean, I hate to say it, I hate to say it, but this way. But when, when, when you're at a parade and a band goes by or you have a group of, well, they don't do that too often now, but a, a group of military individuals that are all in cadence, you can hear the boom, boom, the, you know, the, the steps. Oh, yeah. I kind of like that, but that's me. Now, the purpose for this garrison or, or, or Roman was to show a sign of arms that any foreign territory, now this is foreign territory for the Romans because they are now in, in Israel and they are in charge. Right? They're they are in charge. Everything goes, has to go through what? The Roman people, the Roman government. 
and uh, guess what's happening? This is Passover, and all the Jews from all over are coming into the Passover. And here's a Roman thinking. All right, these guys are all coming together. It could be an uprise. So they were coming in to show them that if you do so, you're going to get hurt. Uh, the celebration, uh, the Passover is a celebration. Here's, here's the reason the Passover, for the Romans to think this, because the Passover is celebrating what? A liberation or the escape from Egypt or from the Egyptians. And here they're, they're celebrating again, that celebration. Maybe they're going to try to get from under Roman power or government. So the, the Romans feel that nothing should get out of hand or escalate into a problem. The Romans made their intolerance for, a, for rebellion well known. If you did something wrong, you, they got you. Uh, the temple, uh, which is the center point of the Passover now, because that's when the, all the lambs are, are being uh, slain and, and giving up, given for sacrifices. It's a temple uh, for the Passover. The Roman garrison moves in adjacent to the temple, so that this is a place. if it's anything's going to break out, it's going to break up around the break out in the temple. And they'll be able to smash it right away. So that's why. So you, I, we, you know, that's just a sidestep to give you a better idea of what's going on. Jesus had challenged the religious rulers of the day, the religious rulers, but he didn't challenge the Roman rulers. Then he said, "The temple." would be destroyed and not one stone left on another. Now, this is not what the Jews wanted. He's not talking about disarming the, the Roman government and, and, and taking over. He's saying to the Jews, your religion's almost gone now because the temple's going to be destroyed. And guess what? Somebody got hot under the collar. Of course, those who made a living at the temple, like the scribes, the chief priest and his priests, and the ruling council of the Sanhedrins, and the religious parties such as the Pharisees and Sadducees, would lose their power and prestige if there was no more temple. I mean, we lose all, we're losing our, our livelihood out if the temple is destroyed. So Jesus has to go. He, he's instigating something against the Jews. Not against the Romans, but against the Jews. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. We will see. Well, let's go to verse 12. Here's one of the things that excited, really excited the Jews. Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast them all out that sold and bought in the temple. And he overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. 
Wow. He said, you made the temple corrupted, stinky, in other words. Uh, turn with me now to Luke 19. Luke 19, same, same area. Luke chapter 19. Now, one of the Jews wanted to, hey, he's, he's not against the Romans, he's against us. Romans chapter, Luke 19. This is the same thing, Luke, um, Luke 19, 40, uh, 45. And he went into the temple and began to cast them out that sold therein and said to them that bought, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Wow. Jesus drove out the money changers and everybody that was corrupt in the temple. He said it. The temple was supposed to be a house of prayer. But he told, but doing so, he says, the religious leaders have made it a den of thieves. You are a bunch of crooks. You know, that almost parallels what's going on in Washington. We got a bunch of crooks up there. Rather feed their own pockets than follow what their constituents asked them to do. Jesus exposed the corruption of the temple tax and scandalous money exchange rate and the dishonesty of those that sold, even the animal sacrifices. The animal sacrifices were supposed to be pure, uh, no blemishes, and they were, you know, kind of removing some of the blemishes if they could. Um, the crowds turned on Jesus by the end of this week, Friday. He was not going to do anything that they had hoped for. <clears throat> he wasn't going to overthrow the <clears throat> Roman government. He was not going to set, that, set uh, Israel up as uh, world power again. In fact, Jesus was making things worse. He was against them. Not, nothing was getting better. The religious leaders, get this, the religious leaders who never agreed on anything, you know, Sadducees, the Pharisees, the couldn't sees, wouldn't sees, they all, you know, they couldn't agree on anything. But they did agree that Jesus was a threat and he had to be eliminated. So when Jesus was brought before Pilate, the crowd became an angry mob. They wanted to get rid of him. This is not the king we want. He's, he's bad news. So to appease the crowds, Pilate offered the, crown, the crowd a choice between Barabbas, a known criminal, and Jesus, the fail, their failed Messiah. We don't want this guy as a Messiah. Wow, think about that. The crowd begged that Barabbas be released and Jesus to be crucified. This shows you, this would show to the Romans that the Jews were completely loyal to them because, quote, Jesus was making a mess and they wanted to get rid of him, so they, they, they made all those trumped up charges. 
so they, they felt that uh, the Roman government wouldn't get rid of them and they can keep their little dirty laundry going around the, the temple and so forth. If you were in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and had seen both processions, you went to, you saw Jesus coming in and somehow you got, got on the other side, the west side, coming in. Uh, which one would you have fallen to uh, choose to follow? I mean, you know, pomp is, you know, you saw strength and might in one, you, then you saw, you know, just a bunch of people throwing their palm, palm branches all over the place. We make choices every day. Amen? Get ready for a close. We make choices every day. To choose power and might over love. Should I do? Do I love? Do I love Jesus enough? Do I love the Word enough to follow through on it, or, or will I do it another way? To choose the way things are done over the way God intended them to be. To theology, to theology. I can't get the words out today. This morning. They had choices. What kind of king do you expect? What kind of king would you expect on Palm Sunday? Stay tuned. Next week on Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> Anybody need prayer this morning? Toes? Okay. Hope you got something new out of that. Took a little craziness there. Oh, you need prayer. All right. Well, 